From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker, and joining me this week is the policy editor for the budget and appropriations team at CQ Roll Call, Peter Cohn. Thanks for being back here, Pete. Pleasure to be here, David. Thank you. Thanks for being with us. We have a lot to chat about this week because we have so many spending initiatives all up in the air, all coming down the pike at the same time. We saw the president try to revive his so-called Build Back Better plan. We have lawmakers talking about additional pandemic relief, uh, disaster aid, even as they scramble to try to complete an omnibus spending package that's way overdue for the current fiscal year as they face a February 18 deadline to get that done before current spending all runs dry. A lot to get to, um, but let's start with Build Back Better, Pete, because we did see the president at his news conference this week try to revive this this thing that's been teetering for months. Um, He acknowledged that it has to be scaled way back. And he even talked about trying to do this piecemeal. He talked about doing it in chunks, he said. Is that really practical? How, how can this happen now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think nothing's really changed since December when Senator Manchin came out against the bill in its current form. And then the White House came out swinging. They went after Senator Manchin personally uh, as the obstacle to this. And, you know, he made it very clear he was not thrilled with, with uh, you know, <laughs> the, the, uh, what the White House was saying about him. So this has been, de- you know, dead in its current form for some time now. There's been, you know, back channel conversations happening at the staff level about, you know, how do we do this? How do we do that? But President Biden was just expressing the, you know, just publicly acknowledging the reality uh, of the situation. And when he's talking about breaking it up, there are very real logistical and procedural and political hurdles to doing that, which we can talk about a little bit more, but it's a reconciliation bill. And so you have the reconciliation instructions that they've already adopted as part of the budget resolution. So to break it up would mean basically you've got to go and do another budget resolution at this point. And what's the appetite for that going to be in, in a, you know, in a midterm election year with everything else going on, they're battling, you know, inflation, or at least, you know, they're, they're trying to create the perception that they're doing something about inflation, which is a very hot topic with voters. Uh, and as you said, they've got to do the, uh, the appropriations, which is the must pass thing they have to do. So where does that leave this build back better plan? You know, nobody really knows, but the uh, prognosis is, is really not looking all that great right now, because fundamentally nothing has really changed since December when uh, Senator Manchin said no, and then they uh, went after him personally. So something big has got to change over the next few weeks if they want to have anything positive to say about this when President Biden gives a State of the Union address on March 1st. Even Nancy Pelosi seemed pretty skeptical of this idea of, of passing this in pieces. And she, at her own news conference, said, you can't really divide this thing up. It's a budget reconciliation bill. And, and if you try to divide it up, then it means you don't really understand the process or words to that effect. So she seemed very skeptical that we're going to see this done in pieces. Uh, sounds, sounds like we're really just talking about one more attempt at this in a much scaled down fashion. Um, they're going to salvage what 
parts of this they can and and still try to get that through and cut a deal with Manchin? Is that the most likely outcome? Well, yeah. And, and so on that on that note, nothing has changed, right? I mean, you know, we are where we were in December. They've got to somehow figure out how to scale this thing down in a way that Senator Manchin supports. And so no, nothing fundamentally has changed. So this talk of coming back later and we're going to do another bill and we'll get all the stuff that we didn't get this time, that's frankly, you know, a little unrealistic at this point because we know things like, for example, the child tax credit, which lasts in, in December. We know that that's one of the things that Senator Manchin has had concerns about. And it may not get into this bill or it may get into this bill in some scaled back form that Senator Manchin can live with. But so then what are you going to come back and get next time? You know, President Biden mentioned his uh, community college tuition proposal from his uh, original plan last year. You know, that was dropped before the House pa- even passed its original uh, Build Back Better bill. So yeah, months you know, ago. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you could you could carve out more room in the budget in a new budget resolution and do another reconciliation bill that you try to do some of these things again. But, you know, let's not forget the uh, uh, the free college proposal has got a lot of opposition as well. So I'm just that's just one example of these things that to, to say you're going to come back and get these things later. There are real procedural challenges because, again, you're not going to get Republican support for the most part. You know, they won't even negotiate with the Republicans on even Republicans who support the child tax credit, for instance. So, you know, it's an election year. Republicans are not really in the mood to deal. Democrats aren't really in the, in the mood to, to for bipartisanship. Um, and, you know, Senator Manchin is who he is. Senator Sinema from Arizona is who she is. And uh, these things are just going to be incredibly difficult. So, you know, you could be looking at really what are the, what is just the absolute de minimis they can get done before November. Uh, and that, you know, may, gets back to the spending bills, which are must pass. Yeah, because to do to do this in pieces, I mean, the other problem is the clock is going to get away from them. None of this happens quickly and they're going to be quickly running out of time here in an election year. Uh if they're contemplating a time-consuming, cumbersome reconciliation process with budget resolutions, hard to see more than one package coming together. The president did sound hopeful that there is enough consensus on, say, the climate change tax credits piece of this thing and universal pre-kindergarten and childcare subsidies. Those seem to be the areas where maybe there's enough consensus to do a scaled-back package seems to be what people are hoping on. Right. Yeah. He, I mean, he, the president was, was voicing, you know, things that, that Senator Manchin basically has said nice things about for the last several months. You know, these are the things that, you know, they might be able to, to, to fit, you know, this, uh, they got to jam everything into this budget resolution outline. And, you know, Senator Manchin has significantly scaled that back, even from what the Democrats were able to uh, adopt over the last summer. So, you know, what do you do? You have a finite amount of resources that has to come down even further because Senator Manchin has actually been fairly clear about what his top line has been since, you know, last summer. So, you know, what can you squeeze in there? Senator Manchin has real policy concerns with the child tax credit. You know, we know several top Democrats yesterday uh, said that they're still trying to convince Senator Manchin to do something on the child tax credit. But, you know, we know Senator Manchin has said positive things about the clean energy stuff. Uh, about universal pre-K. 
So, you know, how much can you just all fit into this 1.75, 1.8 trillion ceiling that Senator Manchin has? Um, and, you know, still make sure it's all paid for with the, the tax increases that are, uh, that have been on the table. Um, and then, uh, you know, so this idea of you're going to come back in, you know, in the summer of an election year and do another round of this, and you got to find additional tax increases on top of what was a very hard fought compromise already on taxes. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to see that coming together. Yeah. It seems unlikely. And meanwhile, Pete, we, we had Richard Shelby, the ranking Republican on the Senate Appropriations Committee this week, warned that an effort to revive Build Back Better could take the steam out of and take all the energy and focus away from trying to cut a deal on appropriations. They're already way overdue. They're scrambling to meet this February 18 deadline. Can they do both of these things simultaneously? Doesn't, doesn't the omnibus spending package have to take precedence right now over Build Back Better. Well, I mean, you know, that is the, the spending bills are the must-pass aspect of this. Build Back Better is a campaign promise. It's not something that, uh, I mean, yes, there are provisions in that that have lapsed and have now, you know, are causing hardships for millions of Americans. Child tax credit, you know, they were getting these higher payments. They're not getting those payments anymore. So, for a significant chunk of the Democratic caucus, that is a must. That is a must do, but it is actually not something that uh, has to be done to run the government, like passing the spending bills. So, you know, you mentioned February 18th. That's when the current stopgap funding bill, the continuing resolution runs out. Um, they got to do, they've got to pass something. I would say probably the early, you know, the kind of the, the, the inside baseball is that they're not going to get 12 spending bills done for the entire, for all federal agencies done, you know, in a big omnibus package by February 18th, they'll need another, at least another short-term extension of the CR. Uh, but, you know, who knows, stranger things have happened. They've got several weeks more to, to try to put this package together. But, you know, they're starting from fairly far uh, apart, the two parties, and, you know, they don't have a deal on the top line spending levels yet. Uh, they have not, the uh, uh, Democrats have not yet acknowledged that they're going to have to drop several contentious policy issues from that debate because they know, they know they don't have 60 votes in the Senate to to pass those. So they're going to have to come down uh, off of those positions, but they just have not, they're not there yet because frankly, it's too early. <laughs> you know, you don't sort of surrender until you're right up against the, the, the wall, against the deadline. So, you know, can they get that done with, with, Build back better hanging over the negotiations, it does make it much harder because the Republicans are thinking to themselves, well, on the one hand, they're trying to jam all of this, all of these policies down our throat that we can't stand. But then on the other hand, they're asking for our support to uh to run the government. You know, so uh it, it's gonna be extremely difficult. And now, you know, in this Ukraine situation is hanging over all of it with Vladimir Putin on the border. Uh, and you know, Nancy Pelosi is saying, you know. If we can't get a deal, we're left with a, a CR for the rest of the year, terrible for defense, um, you know, which arguably it would be because everything would be flat funded and they can't start new projects. And, and you know, you're left with sort of last year's policies in place. And so that's terrible for Pentagon planning. But, you know, and then on the other hand, the Republicans are saying the amount of money the Democrats are, are willing to accept for fiscal 2022 is far too low in light of these threats uh, posed by Vladimir Putin and by China and, you know, in other parts of the world. So, um, 
you know, this is going to be a, a real mess. And so, you know, you're absolutely right with Build Back Better kind of hanging over these talks. It's it's hard to see uh, how they are able to get all this done by February 18th. You know, that doesn't mean that they won't ultimately get something done. Another real impetus to to get a deal is uh, is emergency aid that's being discussed right now, not only for the for additional pandemic relief, um, which we may see in a supplemental request from the White House fairly soon, but there's also disaster aid issues. There is uh, additional humanitarian aid that's being considered for Afghanistan. Um, so, you know, the tornadoes in, in Kentucky and Illinois last year are still, there's still devastation uh, on the ground there. And so, you know, there's going to be a lot of bipartisan support for uh, for some emergency emergency aid to pass, whether that's part of a CR or an omnibus bill, you know, that remains to be seen. But, you know, there is a real bipartisan interest in getting something done here on appropriations. But, um, you know, it, it's not going to be easy. And the longer it goes, it seems the more and more complex it gets. I mean, Shelby did warn this week that if, if, we, if they do an omnibus deal, it's got to include disaster aid for the tornadoes in Kentucky. Uh, and we did see uh, a bipartisan group of senators come out and say, any new supplemental funding request needs to include uh, food aid for Afghanistan. Um, and we know there's already uh, a bipartisan effort underway to do additional pandemic relief for businesses, including restaurants, maybe hotels and gyms and more. We don't know how much more. Uh, and we don't know if that would pass as a separate package, as some some of them seem hopeful that with enough bipartisan support, they can do that as a separate bill. On the other hand, with time running out and not much Senate floor time available, they may stick it into an omnibus deal or, or another stopgap funding deal. There's a lot of juggling acts going on here. Only a few more weeks to sort that out before they hit this deadline. Yeah, I mean, the way the dates are lining up, it certainly seems logical for them to try to stick as much of these of this uh, additional spending into the uh, CR or, or the omnibus. That's certainly the way. Uh, historically, they've done these types of things. You know, standalone bills tend to kind of get hung up on individual issues. You know, any individual senator can gum up the works over there procedurally. And so, you know, it just kind of makes sense to... to ball it all together in, in some something that has to pass like a CR, you know, like an omnibus spending bill. So, you know, that seems to be the direction they're going to head in. Um, but, you know, again, you're right. I mean, Senator Shelby was talking about they got to have disaster aid for parts of the country in there. And, you know, at the same time, they are they're fighting the Democrats on how much spending for uh, ongoing COVID-19 relief. Should be in there because you know their argument is they that they haven't the agencies haven't used all the money from prior bills yet on that so you know you, there's going to be a negotiation where you might end up with a situation where Republicans have some leverage on uh, on the defense number um, because otherwise Democrats might not get some of the money they will, that the White House wants for uh, pandemic relief and you know so it, it's these types of negotiations that there's a lot of different levers you can pull. And so, you know, it's just going to be, it's going to be a pretty frantic couple of weeks now. And then, you know, that's to, get, to say nothing about the complexity of trying to negotiate all of the dozen individual spending bills, the regular spending bills for 2022. So, 
you know, I don't think it would shock anybody to see them in another short-term extension for at least a couple of weeks to, to, you know, hammer some of these last minute issues out and, and write the legislation and, you know, make sure everybody's on board. They've got a lot to do and not much time to do it, but uh, that's where we are right now. And CQ Roll Call will be covering it all for you as usual. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can always drop us an email. The address is cqpodcast, one word, at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shutt, budget and appropriations reporter. You can always stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>